Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Survive. Thrive. Stay alive. It's time to get prepared with the Prepping Academy Podcast. Yeah, I like that music. Good beat. Really good beat. It is good beat. I like it. Kind of builds up and then boom. So yeah. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Prepping Academy. I am Forrest. We have Uncle Buck with us tonight, like always. Hello, and we're going to bring you the best show on the airways, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> we, we, we are. That's, that's what we do. So um, we released our first show. We had, a, I think, a very good response. And... Uh, you know, this show number, number, whatever number it is. I don't even know. Yeah, I think we're, this is five. I think five. It's five. Yeah. yeah. So, but you were telling me, I mean, I'm just going to jump right into it. You were telling mm-hmm. me that some major things have been going on in your life. And mm-hmm. and I know that um, Prepping Academy members, they just want to know what is going on with Uncle Buck. <laughs> Um, well, just coming off the, uh, the, the Zello night, um, hosting that. So, so for those of you that don't know, there's, um, uh, we, we do a, a, a comms night when you're part of a uh, prepper net. So we, um, uh, run a, a variety of different scenarios and just allow the audience members to dial in. So that's, that's kind of a benefit for, uh, for joining prepper net. Um, the, uh, it, great topic. Uh, I, I think the, the, uh, the stuff that's been going on lately, I, I think I mentioned the, you know, the military stuff coming up. Right. So that, that's been like the big, so I had a conversation on, uh, late last week, um, recruiter reached out out of the blue and said, Hey, are you interested in coming back in, you know, just going on the reserve side. Um, and I don't know, man. It's it's been a topic of conversation at home. I've been reaching out to other folks and trying to get their their um, uh, take on it. The vax mandate is officially gone; like it's done. It was part of the NDAA, um, that National Defense Authorization Act, which was uh, passed by uh, the Senate, Congress, and um, ultimately signed into law by the president by the POTUS on December twenty third. Um, so, I, I don't know. And I think I think there's thirty days for Secretary of Defense to. Um, put out guidance on what that means. Um, I did receive today the official guidance that it's going away, but what that actually means and all that stuff, I, I don't know. So, so the question right now is like, do I, do I go back in? Do I Roger up and go back in? Um, do I not and just stay? I'm good. I, I don't know. I like, I got to think about it, pray about it. I, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, th- that's a big ways. decision. And so, so you, you literally got out because of the mandate 
And now you see an opportunity to get back in and you're just like, what's best for me and my family. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm trying not to be, I mean, there's like, I look at it two different ways, right? Number one. Um, and I'll just be like perfectly blunt on this one. Uh, I, I could be bitter and upset and mad and angry and all that fun stuff and just say, Hey, you made your bed lie in it. Um, no worries. The, the flip side is, um, there is a shortage. There, there is a need. I like serving. I'm good at it. Um, so, yeah. What, what, what is the, what, why not push forward? Right. I mean, and just bringing some level headedness in to, uh, to the military as well. Um, not that everybody is, is, is not level headed that's in, I mean, I'm not saying that at all, but just, just bring, trying to bring in some, some common sense and some practicality in as well. I don't know if that, that will help. I don't know if it's going to be hindrance. Don't know. Uh, but just, um, I don't know. Lots of decisions to to make here over the next um, the next next couple of weeks. Well, I know mostly the reason why you're thinking about doing this has to do with the money, right? Yeah, yeah, that reserve money, <laughs> big money, big money. Yeah, it has absolutely nothing to do with the money. It's just I don't know. There's that ethos of brotherhood and that camaraderie. So much, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. But so it's all up in the air. Meaning, is there any chance to? of getting back to where you were? Is that, I mean, is that, mm -hmm. or is this a whole? No, I'd go back right to, essentially I'd have a, a gap year, right? I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's what would happen. And then you turn the switch back on and off you go and you're, you're back in doing, um, doing what, doing what I typically do. So um, I, I don't know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but it's, it's certainly a, certainly a big decision. Um, I'll, I'll just pray about it and hope, hope for the best. That is awesome. So same same kind of situation with me. Uh, we, you know, I was a member of the team of the Chippendales, and, <laughs> <laughs> and they cut the team because of COVID. And, and they're calling you back. <laughs> I can be team lead now. <laughs> that dream's finally being fulfilled. <laughs> oh, I had to go there. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all good man all good but yeah so um the other i know i know we're you know kind of getting uh, around topics right but uh you know something that came up it's just incredible story so i'm at i'm at church yesterday we get there a little bit late um walk in with the family and we ended up getting in the aisle right be uh, behind um another another guy his his wife and they got a few kids and, uh, afterwards, um, he turns around, we start talking and I, you know, I've known him before I had, had multiple conversations and really good dude. And he's like, Hey, um, a bunch of people are coming over to, uh, one of the other guy's house to, uh, to pray over me. I'm like, okay. Um, can, can you, can you elaborate a little bit more? And, um, he says, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm having a, I'm having a surgery on, uh, Thursday in the next, next few days here. And I said, okay. Um, so I was like, I, I asked, I was like, well, this, this, if people are praying over you, this is no Mickey mouse surgery, something, something's going on here. So what, what, what's happening? The guys ended up, um, donating his kidney. He's going to be donating his kidney. So, um, it was just incredibly awesome. So I, so I go, um, to, to this house with about 15 other guys and we're, we're just listening to a story 
and you're like, wow, uh, he, um, it's his wife's friend, uh, that she used to work with and he's got some weird, um, strange kidney, uh, ailment that now is going to put him on dialysis for the next three years. And then he'll probably, he'll probably, well, not probably, he is expected to live only another three years. Uh, and he's going to have to go through a lot of dialysis in the process. Um, so buddy here, you know, he's strong Christian. Um, the gentleman he's given the kidney to is a Hasidic Jew, non-practicing. Um, and, uh, the, it, they differ politically. They differ, differ on, um, uh, spirituality. They're just different. And he is, he went and got tested just for, and this is over a long period of time. I think they started doing the testing like 12, 18 months ago. Um, and it somehow became like this crazy match. I, I, I didn't really understand like how to donate organs, but it's like to get the right match for you, for a person, it's like super, super rare. Right. I mean, just, it, there's a lot of folks for every hundred people come in, like maybe 98 of them will, will not work. Um, wow, maybe 99 okay. of them won't work. So, so it's, it's very rare that that person matches. Um, yeah. Initially the daughter, um, of this, the gentleman, the recipient of the, the kidney was gonna, gonna receive, um, uh, was gonna, she was gonna uh, provide hers, but she, um, uh, ended up not, not qualifying at the last moment for some reason. So he just prayed about it and, and he's going forward with it, with it. He's going to be two days in the hospital. And I'm like, I, we're all just like sitting back. I'm like a guy, you, you didn't know your wife knew, um, different views politically, different views, religiously different, just completely different people. And he's just making this ultimate, like a, a pretty sizable sacrifice and a commitment here. Right. Right. So it got me thinking, I'm like, like just, just sacrifice and commitment in general, um, around everything we do, like preparedness in general, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it, doing preparedness, it, it takes a sacrifice. It, it takes, it, it definitely takes a commitment, right? You got to be <laughs> committed to, um, to, uh, procuring the items to training with the items, um, to continue to surrounding yourself with those types of individuals as well. It just got me thinking about, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, like I was like, just blown away by it. That's a, that's a serious commitment. That's, um, I mean, gosh, my question is, could it put the donor's life in jeopardy if his kidneys fail or, or I guess you can live with one kidney eat pretty easy. Yeah. So what, what I said is if that occurs, so if you get a, um, one kidney removed, your other kidney will actually grow to upwards of 85% of mm -hmm. the two combined. So it actually, you know, the body's an amazing it. thing makes up right. for it. Mm -hmm. So could you get it back if you need it later <laughs> on? <laughs> no, 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 it's no, 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 no rescinding, no, no rescinding <laughs> on that later. Um, gosh, that's, I, I, you know, I haven't been in a position to do that, but if I think for my family members, I would definitely do that, mm -hmm. you know, but for someone that I didn't know, um, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, this is kind of a crazy question. What if, you know, the hospital calls you and say, Hey, we found a match for you. Uh, this person's willing to give you $20,000 for your kidney. He lives in, you know, London, England. Would you be interested? 
No. I mean, I mean, so the only difference here is that there is a there is kind of an acquaintance there, I guess, the wife's mm-hmm. friend. Yeah. But it, um but truly what's the difference? I mean, I mean, one is for money, one is just because you want to help someone, but I mean, could you see people actually doing that one day though? Hey, I'll sell my kidney. Who wants it? Maybe. I mean, maybe there's weird stuff that goes, there's people that goes, uh, there's weird stuff that goes on in this world. It's just getting weirder. I mean, Brazil's on fire right now. Um, if you, if you paid attention to that, China is doing what China does, the CCP. Um, you you got, uh, I don't know what's Kim, Kim, Kim Jong-un's up to lately in North Korea, probably, probably something not good. And then, um, you know, of course you got the proxy war going on in, um, uh, in, in Ukraine right now. So Weird times, man. We're just in, in super weird times. It, it, I mean, there, there was actually a case today that, I mean, it, it actually Friday, went Friday in front of the Supreme Court. No one even knows about this, but it was these two brothers suing the government and over um, Trump's election, the results. From 20, and, 2020. Yeah, 2020. And no press whatsoever, but the... The it went in front of them and and they the Supreme Court decided not to do a hearing on it. But if there had been a hearing on this, uh, I mean, just amazing that it even got to that level. If there would have been a hearing on it, there would have been chaos in America. Um, so, um, it, it's so weird. I mean, because if they would have done a hearing on it, the end results is every politician that didn't protest. Pro, um, didn't protest the election, including the vice president, would all be removed from office immediate because that's the law. Mm-hmm. And so, for some reason, it was it was so strange. People were were behind it. It was called I think it was Branson and versus or Branson Brothers. If you want to research that, and they didn't hear it, and I'm kind of thankful, but. Um, meaning they looked at the evidence and they just said, not now. That doesn't mean it can't come back in front of them. Okay. Just, so they just deferred the case. Deferred. They didn't say, yes. they didn't kick it out of the court altogether. Yeah, but it has to be refiled okay. just with the Supreme Court, though. So it doesn't have to go back to lower courts or anything. But that was kind of interesting. I was, I, I just didn't know how I felt about that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. what? So, so is this. Because this is always the debate, right? I, I watched the, what is it, the 2000 Mules and all that fun stuff. Yes, and I'm like, yeah. I, I look at it from a practical standpoint where that, that's great. You're tracking all these folks. But I'm like, I, you could draw some assumptions, but I, I don't, I, I couldn't tell every envelope that was slid in who who was voted right. for on each envelope. I, I don't know how you test that. Like, I don't even right. know how you validate that. Um, yeah, you could say it looks suspicious, sure, but... Um, maybe it's a bunch of well, Con- the, Kanye West um, votes. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how you validate it. Well, well, I will say this. A lot of the states where they have the video of people packing, the law is you can't even file your mother's if she's sick. Mm-hmm. So right there, you can tell they're breaking the law. If they have more than one in their hand, they, it's, they're breaking the law. But but this this case it was it was interesting, and if you guys again, it's on it's called Brunson Brothers. Y'all can look that up. 
and I had a court. I mean, but it was just interesting. But, you know, at some point, people just have to let things go. You know what I mean? Yep. We're there, Trump is not going to take over. I mean, I mean, the my pillow guy thinks he still is. <laughs> <laughs> he does. And, he does. And Mikey work is monkey works. What are these? But anyway, I'm so glad we're past that. And um, maybe this, you know, we we do need to fix the elections, but that's not for us to discuss here. But hundred percent, hundred percent, and yeah, like you can't you can't rely. There's too many people relying on one one guy right yeah like, tr- trump is is one guy at like I, I don't know like i i can't i don't know the guy so um yeah i will say this it was kind of interesting so we just went through this um you know when they went through all that stuff in about electing the house speaker mm-hmm. trump was really involved in that which surprised me i mean Trump was calling people. They were making deals. Trump called that one guy that was at the very last minute, and he finally changed his vote, which you know allowed McCarthy to get the House. And I was I was totally taken back of how much power and influence Trump had in. I mean, still today, you know, in January, you know, two years after he's no longer president, but I was totally surprised about that that was that was very interesting did you watch any of that by the way no 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 no. i like i've been on a a political fast for like the last three weeks i'm like i'm just i'm good i'm good for a little bit but do do you think you know uh, trump's announced do you think he wins the the republican ticket you know i I, i'm going to predict that he does even over DeSantis. I, i i Gosh, I don't know. You know, I know my heart is saying I hope DeSantis wins because he's a much better. um, I don't know. Trump, he the reason the world hates Trump because he does mean tweets. Mm -hmm. He's he. he, I mean, if he would stay off Twitter, I think he would have a, a, a better chance of beating DeSantis. But I just can't. I just. I, I just can't see anyone beating him. I really, which, which kind of upsets me because I think if he runs again, even against Joe Biden, they may just, or they'll people will vote against Trump just because they hate him. Yeah, which which a good reason. I mean, if yeah. hate someone, don't vote him. But yeah, yeah, it, I think it, I think Republicans are in trouble for the next <clears throat> next six years. Fantastic. So, fantastic. Right. Fantastic yeah. stuff. So um I I um I finished the the uh the book. It was called The Crash, the The Crash Decline and Rise of America. Um so I just finished that up today. Um, who wrote it? I cannot remember the gentleman's name off the top of my head. I can I can look it up real quick while we're on. But uh the Oh, Mark Favreau, M-A-R-C, Favreau. Yeah, short short read, but really, really good. So one of the, you know, we started talking about initially kind of about sacrifice and commitment. And you start listening to these people's stories about the Great Depression. And Mm -hmm. you're like, holy cow. I mean, talk Mm -hmm. about talk about a different world and like how easy we have it. So you had you had Herbert. um, 
Hoover in there, um, who was a good statesman. Everybody loved him up until the Great Depression came, and then everybody hated him. Uh, and then FDR came in, uh, ultimately with big government spending and the New Deal, and created jobs all over the place. Um, ultimately, what got us through the the uh, Great Depression was um, was was the war, right? So mm-hmm. we had we ended up that that was kind of a, a big thing. <clears throat> all the the money spent down there to fight um, fight the war effort. But one of the things that I was uh, reading on there were um, excerpts from people that there was this, this groups and tons of people always looking for somebody else to blame. They were blaming the politicians. They were blaming the immigrants that immigrated over from Italy or wherever else. They were blaming everybody else. So I, I got thinking about this stuff and I'm like, well, how's that any different from today? Is like, right. is, is it the same as today? We just have social media now that kind of pushes that message out almost real time or in real time. Right. Like, is it any different hmm. or is it still the same? Well, you know, back then the newspaper had to carry the narrative. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, uh, and so the newspaper, I mean, and you know, back then the newspaper was not only a monopoly, it was literally controlled by just a few people. And, the question is, why were they trying to, to, you know, to project that narrative out to the people? Because they're writing, hey, it's, you know, it's the Italians coming over. I mean, we wonder what their motivation was. Yep. Because at that time, people couldn't verify. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't verify anything that was in the paper. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad, I, I, you know, and a lot of them just took it for, for granted what they were saying, you know, took it that, you know, what was printed was, was real. You got a little blurry there, man. Is am I, am I drinking my tea a little too much? Here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the camera. <laughs> Gosh, I'm like, I have the fisheye glasses, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. I don't know what's going on. You, I figured it would, it would set up here pretty quickly, but all good. If it doesn't, I'll just jump off camera. So was the book, is it worth a read? Yeah, yeah, it's it's worth a read. It's um, it's certainly, uh, it gives some some quick historical references on, on what, what happened and talks about the women's suffrage movements, um, talks about the, the, the rise of the NAACP and the unions and why people want it to, uh, to unionize. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was a, as well worth read, um, on some, just some historical references. And I just try to tie it into what's going on today. And like, what, what happens if we do go through another great depression? Like what happens? Like, what do we do? Hmm. Did you, um, so what did you learn from it and that you could carry forward or, or prepare different or, you know, how are you going to take that information and change your future? <laughs> yeah, there's, um, that was truly a, an, an area of all that, that time it was all about self-reliance. So, so initially when, um, when the, the great depression started, started kicking off and the stock market was going down and you had stockbrokers literally jumping off the, um, out of buildings and committing suicide, mm. like almost, almost overnight. 
because um, they lost they lost everything. Uh, they had runs on banks. Um, banks started foreclosing or closing. Uh, you couldn't get your go get your money out of there. I mean, some some real heavy stuff. Um, but uh, initially, uh, Hoover was in denial. Like he was like, this is not this is not happening. This is not going on. Um, and, uh, so, so you had the president of the United States at the time denying that anything's even existing. And then you got all these folks that are just suffering, um, incredibly, like, especially in like the cities, right? You had, I think that the stat was the city of Chicago, um, had about an 80% unemployment rate. I mean, they lost all kinds of jobs there. So, uh, what a lot of these folks did they um they just started traveling for work they started going to where they could find work a lot of them are out in the farms um that's just what they had to do but a lot of them became very self-reliant they started planting gardens they started um trying to scrape by any kind of living that they possibly could uh gardening was a really big thing um getting into that the the, the gardening life and trying to plant and grow food ultimately to eat and then also to barter to, to get additional um pieces of food or other food so mm-hmm. Um, that was a big one. Uh, and then folks got really creative with how they made money. So they got really creative with how, how they ended up generating money. And this, this, this camera is driving me nuts, dude. I don't know what's going on. It's fine. That's how I see. Oh, well, (laughs) now he disappeared. There you are. So I, I read a book as well. I mean, I literally read a book over the weekend. Uh, you familiar with um, Jonathan Hollerman? There you go. You familiar with Jonathan uh, Hollerman? I am. Yes. So he wrote one of the best books, probably a nonfiction book, probably my favorite book, and it's called Survival Theory. Unbelievable book. When I read that for the first time, I I called him, and I and I said, "Did you literally steal my thoughts and put it in this book?" Because they're not his, what he has in survival theory is not in other books. So his second book is called Survival Theory 2. It hasn't been published yet. Um, he asked me to write a forward. So he sent me the book and I read it all this weekend because he needs the, you know, a quote from me. And first of all, he, he kind of slams the prepping community, preparing this community, which I totally understand. He says that we're, we're, we're too light where uh, we don't really understand true grid down or going without food. And the first third of the book, he just, he talks about, you know, back in the great depression, he talks about other civilizations and that have gone through where they had no food. This one story was just terrifying. It's um, the family, they, in one country, they were eating this mud to fill their stomach. They, they found this mud and they would eat it and it would dry the insides out. But then they would also take their leather shoes and soak it in water and then eat the leather. And I was like, what? And he's talking like hundreds of thousands of people were doing this. And I'm like, gosh. And he, and he, and he talked about all the studies that have been done. Like there's what, I think it was a Stanford or study about starvation then he goes through and just you know it talks about the calories you need and and if the if the grid really goes down how it's way worse than we would ever possibly imagine 
And he and I, we're, we're like brothers because we think just alike. Um, he says there's no such thing as an urban prepper. Um, he he is just like me is when the grid goes down or a major, major uh, event happens, you've got to get away from all population. You've got what? to. What's Go the time? Did he give you a timeline like that you happens? Need to, yeah, you need. Well, he agrees with me. You probably got about 48 hours, 72 hours to go. Now, if it's like an EMP and cars don't work, um, he's, you got to go immediately. Um, but it is, I mean, and he, you've got to go. And I've always said this, and, you know, PrepperNet members can verify this that you go and hide. You don't go and set up camp at this house in the middle of nowhere. You go to that house and you hide. You absolutely, you go underground, you stay inside, you, um, for six months. I mean, you just hide. You don't grow a garden at this time at all. You don't want people to see any resources on your land. And I mean, and he agrees 100%. And, you know, six months, eight months that, you know, the, the our own government says that 90% of the people will die mm -hmm. if a grid down happens. And he talks through that and why they will and, and how. And, and he, he said also, um, well, anyway, I don't want to give too much of the book away because it hadn't been published yet, but it's coming out next month in Feb. Well, I guess probably the end of February, I think. I'm not sure. I don't know when it's coming out. Pretty soon, because he's getting, he wants my Ford. Um, but it was really, when depressing. you really, it was depressing. <laughs> kind of like, it is it is depressing. I mean, he said he met with his one group and they had, you know, I forgot how many calories per person for the year. And he said, you know, and they wanted to buy more guns and ammo. And he goes, don't, you need more food. Hmm. Double your food. And, and they looked at him like, well, guns and ammo are cheaper at this point. He goes, nope, you got to double your food. And we talked about, you know, hiding 90% of your food, living off 10% of it. Mm -hmm. And then every now and then going and, and, and getting some more. But we think just alike. And so, um, and so that's, I mean, but that book, it's a great book. We're going to interview him coming up in the next probably a few weeks. And ask him about his book and, and why he wrote it. And I know why he wrote it. He told me why he wrote it. So um, there, I would say I only know three people that are, and I'm going to include myself. So I, I, this is not, I'm not trying to be arrogant or anything, but I only know three people that really um, consult with groups in a large way. Mm -hmm. Um. And that is Jonathan Harleman. He does multi-million dollar retreats for rich people. There is Charlie Hogwood that wrote the book called Mags or Survival Groups and myself. I would say that 80% of all consulting in the United States is one of the three people. And, and people go, well, that's kind of, well, you would believe, you would believe how little people are looking for groups, to be honest with you. But, and so we were sitting in a parking lot in Waynesville, North Carolina at one o'clock in the morning. 
I know this sounds like a, a war story. <laughs> so kind of, we we so we were all at this one event, which we never go to the one event. But we were sitting out in the parking lot. Just we went to a restaurant with a bunch of people. Everyone left, and the three of us were just in the parking lot. We got our chairs out, and we're just sitting there in Waynesville, North Carolina. And we're just we talked from it was probably twelve fifteen to four thirty in the parking lot. The police came by twice to say, you guys okay? We're like, yeah, we're fine. And we were talking about this. So the three, you know, planners and we, and we were, it was so unbelievable that we were all on the same page so much. We're like finishing each other's sentences. It was crazy. And from that is where the survival theory two came from. And I, and I called him and I said, dude, I'm so mad. I'm glad you wrote this, though, because it goes with your book one. But I wanted to write this book. But you did such a great job at it. But anyway, that was a that was a good time in my life, just sitting there talking to other colleagues and talking about the most depressing stuff we could talk about. But <laughs> yeah, for four hours straight. <laughs> but it was, it was it was it was it was very fun. All right. Yeah, there's um, there was a. Uh, uh, have you ever followed the guy Jack Richland? You ever, you ever see his stuff? I, I've heard of him. Yeah, I'm not sure I, if I read any of his stuff. I want to say he's a Black Scout survival. So I think okay. he's down in. Mm-hmm. I want to say he's down in. It, he's somewhere in the southeast, um, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, so, somewhere around there. Um, but he's ex Marine Corps, um, but seems seems very squared away, and he does a lot of uh, you know videos, podcasts, etc. Um, he mentions, uh, like, a, I think a book, I was just watching a, a recent episode. It was called, I think a, emergency, but he talks about, uh, it was, it was about like a lot of the ultra wealthy folks having bunkers in mm-hmm. like, um, all kinds of like weird, you know, just, just, I mean, not weird stuff, but, um, stuff that you wouldn't think about, right? Cause you always hear folks on prepping community. Anybody that says, Oh, you're a prepper. It's wild. But then you go to Steven Spielberg and he's got like an underground, like multi-million dollar bunker, like fully loaded with everything under the sun. You're like, Holy cow. Mm-hmm. That's um, yeah. It's, it's just, it's pretty incredible. So, so they're like-minded as well, even though they're not uh, public maybe about it. Right. Um, yeah. Th- there's, there are some positive things about prepping, though, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it gets you to think think ahead, right? It, it gets you to think forward. Um, yeah, the, I mean, just just uh, the call we just did on the Zello night, the, the question was, and I'll, I'll read the question to you, um, was have you ever tested your preparations by going off-grid for a period of time? If not, why not? Mm-hmm. If yes, what lessons have you learned that you can share with the group? And a lot of good lessons on there. Um, a lot was around power outages because folks live in just just different areas within um, the U.S. Right? You had Northeast recently had power out. Um, right. Folks out in the West, um, power outage. That's that's a common occurrence. Definitely, people in the mountains can go two, three, four days up to a week with no power. Uh, mm-hmm. It just it just happens up there. But being prepared with your food and your water and your 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 um, uh, clothing and insulation. Uh, you're good. You just kind of keep on going business as usual while everybody else is freaking out, trying to go get a generator. Uh, you're already done. You already have everything planned out. So, so big benefits. 
And, you know, and maybe we should somehow profile uh, events where people were prepared and they got through it or helped people more than we do. Follow what I'm saying? I mean, you know, yeah. like the, the story of someone driving, you know, through Atlanta when the big snowstorm happened and they said, hey, you know, because of PrepperNet or because of a boot, uh, a movie or a podcast, I had a car bag in my car and we, it, you know, it saved our lives kind of thing because 90% of all disasters and what we're prepping for are, you know, they happen all the time. There's, there. I mean, mm-hmm. Florida's, I mean, California got killed with rain. The north, the north got killed with snow. I mean, there was snow drifts like 10, 10 feet high. I saw this one, they dug out around the car and the, the car still had like five feet of snow on top of it. I mean, that's crazy. That was in Buffalo. And I mean, there are disasters happening all the time. And so people, you know, the prepping is not always a futuristic, maybe, you know, it, it, for some people, it could be next week that they need their, their preps and their knowledge. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's not, um, yeah. A lot of folks think it's like, uh, Mel Gibson and Mad Max, right? You know, right. Like that, yeah. That's what we're, that's what we're getting to. I'm like, well, if that would was to happen, that would take a long time to make to, to occur. There'll be a lot of things that happen in, in the interim. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know, like I, you just feel more, I think you touched on it on a prior show where you're just more confident with stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, this breaks yeah. down. Don't worry. I'm going to just going to keep on rolling. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even going to miss a beat. So I, I like that aspect. And particularly if you have family that uh, is dependent on you to provide and to protect and make sure that you have your, your stuff squared away. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like it. Um, I think it's important. There's, there's, a, there's the military aspect. I know that you and I talked about before um, where that's what you do, right? It's your pace plan, primary alternative contingent emergency. Mm-hmm. You just lay it out. This is, this is how things are going to play out. If this scenario occurs, we're protected. So um, a quick little story. We had our Christmas party in Charlotte. And I, my phone just kept buzzing. Um, everyone's phone started kind of buzzing. And we're like, what the heck? And, you know, I'm getting ready to open my gift. We're playing this, you know, the, is it the dirty Santa, whatever it is. We're, you know, you, you, you know, I, I, you know, I'm just waiting for my gift and my phone is kind of bothering me. And I finally look at it and, or actually Beth came up to me and said, Hey, look at your phone. And I'm like, what? We had a, a, a lady that was traveling, you know, over an hour to come to the Christmas party. And while she was on her way to the Christmas party, she literally had a, a wreck. I think a drunk driver hit her. And, of course, people were calling me and I'm ignoring them. I'm like, I got a gift coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt really bad. But 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 we so um, if if my if I'm recalling this right, um, she got on Zello, which our Zello channel, and I'll tell everybody what Zello channel is in a minute. But um, and she called out for help, and all of a sudden, people got kind of called to do something. They're like mm-hmm. activated, and then within an hour or so, we had someone going to pick her up 
to take her to a hotel or take her what you know to bring her to the all this stuff but it's having that network of people even when you're an hour and a half two hours away that's what really i think people need to work on and that's really the reason i you know i created prepper but people need to have that community so when things do come up it they're not going through it themselves they might not have all the knowledge or the tools that they need and you guys really need to be in some kind of a, a group you know prepper net would probably be the best one you could be in of course <laughs> yeah of course and um but i want to tell you guys so we in prepper net we practice all kinds of things we have comms where we have this nationwide ham radio grid we do digital radio we do um they're called nets we we really practice them all the time there's something going on all the time when it comes to communication and then on mondays and several other nights in the week we use this it's a it's an iphone app and it's like a walkie-talkie using your iphone and people you know, a lot of people go, well, if the grid goes down, that won't work. True, but it gets you practice on talking to it on like a ham radio. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, several years ago, we were in many times we've helped um, like hurricane situations. And, you know, out on the boats was the Cajun Navy and they're using Zello. It's kind of strange when you think you know, all Florida's out without power and they're still using Zello. That's because the, the phone towers are still working and the data is being transferred, but mm-hmm. that's their main communication. And they save lives all the time. And so we use that as practice. And so that's what the Zello night is. So, if, I mean, we practice a lot of stuff that you're going to need in the future. And tonight you ran like a net on mm-hmm. Zello, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. But yeah, and so... You, and you asked that question and people were giving you answers and feedback. Yeah. A lot, a lot of good, um, a lot of good feedback on, on the, those lessons learned. I'm just kind of looking at my, my sheet here. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, a lot of it came down to the basics, right? Get back to the basics. Um, heat, a heat source, uh, a water source. So you got to be able to cook um, a water source having some, um, being able to uh, have access to water, water jugs, water containers, something of that nature. There's a variety, we could go on and on, on, on different aspects of water. Um, the other one too was on get home bags, right? Your get home or your, mm-hmm. uh, your bag, if you're, you're doing travel. So I know there's some folks on there that do a lot of traveling. So that that's, that's pretty important as well. And we'll, we'll do a breakdown session on, on what a get home bag is. So when you're traveling for folks that do traveling for work and you're driving, you know, a couple hours outside of your home, um, having some basic necessities with you, uh, in case something goes South, uh, I don't leave, I don't leave home without it. Right. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, incredibly important as well. And, and we, we cover a lot of that in, um, in PrepperNet during our monthly meetings as well. So <clears> if you ever link up with a group, uh, usually, uh, you know, a bug out bag or a, a get home bag. That is a topic of discussion and folks get to break, break it out for you. Um, I actually went to, um, uh, the cert, um, certified emergency response team. So one of the cert classes was all about get home bags as well. And so essentially the whole class was just everybody coming there. Mm-hmm. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? Right. And we just started like comparing and, and trading notes. Um, some folks had some really cool stuff. Some, some had some stuff that was 
it was a, a useful item and it was just compact and a lot smaller. Um, some just had better quality stuff. Some, I mean, it was just, it was a good way to just kind of stack out if you have the right stuff. Um, and then ultimately, is it the, the right type of stuff, right? Cause mm -hmm. different, different qualities, different sizes, shapes, all that stuff. Cause pounds equals pain. If you're having to carry things on foot. Um, so yeah, I, 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 like I learned so much just going to those sessions as well. Well, I break down if, I have a bag for my car. I have not really a bag. I have a list of things for my car. And then I have my get home bag. So if I'm with my get home bag and my car, I'm good to go. But like for car, you need simple stuff. Flix, you know, like fix a flat. And I have a tow rope. I mean, people go, well, you're, what are you going to tow? I mean, I'm like, well, someone may be able to tow me. Mm -hmm. So I have, so there's all kinds of things that you just need to think through and, we should do a whole show on that. The bug out bag is, I mean, not the bug out bag, the get home bag is probably one of the most important things you can have because I've utilized mine all the time for like ibuprofen, <laughs> 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 you know, the simple stuff or uh, uh, sometimes depending on, you know, what clothing I wear, if I have my flashlight on me and mm -hmm. I know that's weird. People go, sometimes if I don't have the side pocket, I'm not going to carry a flashlight in my in my front pocket. It just depends on the clothing I wear. But I always have my bug out bag handy, you know, nearby. Also, <clears throat> my bug out bag saved me. I kid you not. I'm coming from Chicago, Illinois. And I go through this. Well, it's not very dangerous. I go through this toll booth. <laughs> And I needed the exact change because I went the wrong lane and my bug out bag was right there. And I knew in my top pocket, I had all these quarters. Mm -hmm. I literally had like two rolls of quarters and I'm like, Oh, and I'm breaking them open and throwing the exact change in there. Cause next time I need to pay attention that, you know, you can go through credit card ones or, you know, exact change. And so it saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Came in handy. That's yeah, awesome. It came, came in handy. I would never carry quarters other than having it in my bag. But yeah, that would have been, I don't know what they would have made me do. I had no cash. I guess they could have taken credit card if. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Or you just I don't keep, know. You just keep rolling through and they um, they, they you mail, mail you a bill like six yeah. months later. Or I've done that before. Jail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that might be the case now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um yeah, I, th I think we we do need. There's there's some aspects of items that I just keep in my truck as well. They're always in there. I mean, mm -hmm. always, always, always in there. It has nothing to do with the the um, the get home bag, right? I keep that get home bag as well. Um, but yeah, there's certain just I items that I just like having in my truck at all times. But yeah, we, uh, yeah, we definitely need to need to talk through that. I can just like take an inventory of what I keep in there, whether mm -hmm. it's right, whether it's wrong. That's just what I frequently go to. Um, Folks make fun of it. I know I've been out on trips before where I like, hey, you have, you got a small coffee maker in the back of your truck. I was like, yes, I do. I was like, you got to have it, man. You got to have it. Because I'm wow. like, I'm, I'm tired of going to certain places um, mm -hmm. and, and you just don't have your your coffee. So it's this little cheap thing. I got it like the dollar store. Um, I mean, it's a piece of garbage, but it works. Um, you don't have a coffee problem, do you? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, but to, like toe, toe straps, um, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, I keep a machete in there, an axe, a saw, um, toe chains, 
mm-hmm. um, a small little um, air compressor that you can plug in a cigarette lighter. Um, I'm just going through some of the inventory, like ponchos. I keep a couple of ponchos in there, a change of clothes in the back, a small little hatchet, um, ratchet straps. Those are a must. I think that's uh, and some some little other odds and ends, but a lot of just a lot of different things. Right, all, yep. always riding with me. Uh-huh. Same. So one of the things in the beginning we were going to talk about. I mean, the commitment and the sacrifice of being a prepper. I mean, I know we've talked about everything, but man, when you say commitment, the commitment's easy. I mean, it's because it becomes. I mean, when you get into this and you start thinking. I mean, the question is, how much do you love your family? Do you love them worth, you know, one week's worth of food, mm-hmm. one month's worth of food? I mean, how long do you want to keep them alive? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that can be kind of judged. But the the sacrifices, I mean, how many things am I not buying or how many great restaurants am I not going out to eat because I'm buying freeze-dried food or getting more ammo or going on a trip with PrepperNet, you know, in May? I mean... There are sacrifices for sure. Um, the one you don't want to make, though, is when it sacrifices your time with your family. True. Would you agree with that? Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, 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 well, yes, <laughs> I, I do agree with it. There's, but, um, but all night tonight, you've been doing prepper stuff, right? Yeah, I've been doing prepper, prepper. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing prepper stuff all night. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll hear about it tomorrow. The, um, the, uh, but, but I think it's important. Uh, and I think we, we touched on this maybe before, uh, but I think it's important to evolve in the process, right? Uh, that I think that's critical, bringing them along in the process. Mm-hmm. You know, we do, um, these, these kind of scout type adventures. It's great. I mean, it's good practice. It's good experience. Um, uh, particularly if you have, uh, you know, girls, right? Like, Hey, just get them involved with that. Um, show them, how to run a, a water filter, how to start a fire, like how, how to do some, some um, basic necessities and, and just ultimately get them in that, that frame of mind. Like, Hey, I got to be thinking kind of like a chessboard. I got to be thinking two, three, four moves ahead um, in the event that something goes South. Uh, I'm, I'm already girls. well ahead of the game. Yeah. Not, not just, just girls. girls. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, absolutely. So you get your family involved, but there's a sacrifice and it's, a, you know, sometimes, we do have to make sacrifices for our family. I mean, mm-hmm. I go to work, you go to work. I mean, that's time away from the family, but, um, but when you do get the family involved, it's, it's, it's so much better. And 100%. when they turn, and when they turn teenagers and they graduate, like my, I got two kids, one's get, I mean, one's out of college, one's graduated from college and one's graduated from high school. And once you instill knowledge in them, it, gives you confidence a little bit too when you release them so it's it it reduces your worry right yeah right ultimately right not my wife's but mine (laughs) (laughs) they're good they can handle themselves all right yeah um you hope you never know so um well um what else you got that 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 was it that's just uh yeah we started off with um donating a kidney on sacrifice and we clo- <laughs> closed it out with, uh, with prepping. Yeah. So we, uh, let me, let me ask you, yeah, do you yeah. have an extra kidney you want to donate? No, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Cl- I'll, I'm I'll pass. Some. <laughs> I'll pass. 
hard pass. <laughs> but yeah, let's, um, yeah, this is great. I mean, uh, yeah, let, let's go ahead and pray, pray us out or I'll, you want me to pray us out or you want to do it? I, I, I can do it. All right. All right. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for all that you've given us, Lord. Lord, you tell us in your word in Matthew 24, Lord, that there's going to be some some times coming ahead, Lord, that um, that we need to be prepared for, Lord. And I just pray for everyone listening, Lord, that they can, um, um, you know, look to you and trust in you, but also, you know, you know get their family on board have less stress in their life and have built their confidence, Lord, and just their, their own knowledge and skills and with you, Lord, to get through the things that you're going to, this world's going to bring forth to us, Lord. Just, um, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, we will see you guys next time. Make sure you like and subscribe and um, tell your friends and family and, if your friends and family don't, if they don't want to listen, this just force them. Just tie them up. Thanks and force for listening them. to the Prepping Academy podcast. Preppers unite at www.preppingacademy.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com.